This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 7.48 in the morning, you're listening to The Morning Run with Shazana Jensen and Xiaoning. Now, Singapore Finance Minister and Deputy Prime Minister Lawrence Wong tabled the 2023 budget yesterday, unveiling a $104 billion Singapore dollar spending plan aiming to blunt near-term cost-of-living pressures. The government said it would increase subsidies by $3 billion to lower-income households and will also introduce a slew of measures targeted at younger families, children and the elderly. Lawrence Wong said the city-state aims to narrow the budget deficit to 0.1% of GDP from a revised 0.3% gap this year. It will do so by boosting revenues by 7.1%, including raising taxes on high-value property transactions and lowering expenditure by 2.6%. Will the measures announced be effective in addressing Singapore's economy and the cost of living issues faced by its people. So for some thoughts on the budget, we have with us Lee Juyi, economist at Maybank Investment Bank. Juyi, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Now, talk to us about your reactions to the budget announcement. Did it come largely in line with your expectations? Good morning. Uh, Thanks for having me. Uh, So for the budget that was announced yesterday, uh, we were actually expecting a small surplus uh, because we thought the government would want to preserve fiscal space for the next two budgets, which could be election budgets, uh, given that the next general election is due by November 2025. Uh, But as you mentioned earlier, uh, FY 2023 is pencilling a small deficit uh, of 0.1% of GDP. Uh, although we do note that there is uh, quite a significant increase in top-up to endowment, endowments and trust for medium-term objectives. I think the key takeaways from this budget is really that uh, it remains expansion, expansionary uh, to help the lower income as well as the more vulnerable households uh, to support young families. And there are also measures to help businesses uh, weather a weaker macro environment. Um, I think the larger than expected top up of $3 billion for the GST assurance package was a surprise for us. Now, given that uh, 2% GST hike uh, raises only about uh, $3.5 billion annually, uh, but the assurance package has actually been upsized to as high as $9.6 billion. Uh, another key takeaway uh, was the increase in uh, wealth, ta- was the additional wealth taxes, sorry. Uh, we were not expecting any uh, additional uh, announcement on wealth taxes following the uh, several measures that were announced last year, like the uh, property taxes, uh, luxury uh, car duties, as well as uh, the marginal personal income tax. Uh, but this year, uh, they raised the uh, buyer stamp duty, uh, as well as uh, more uh, higher uh, rates for luxury cars. And uh, I think, but having said that, I don't think this uh, higher wealth taxes will significantly affect consumer spending. Uh, so yeah, I think those are those were my key takeaways from those from the budget yesterday. Juyi, with recovery still slow for the city-state, does the budget rightly address the needs of ailing sectors such as tourism, construction, and food and beverage? Well, uh, the government did roll out some measures to help businesses that are struggling with higher costs, uh, be it wage, rentals, utilities. And from construction sector, there was an extension uh, of the uh, current enhancements to the enterprise financing scheme. Uh, so this would include uh, some of the loans uh, and support for domestic construction projects. Uh, that was extended by another year until end 2024. Uh, sorry, until March 2024. Uh, the energy efficiency grant was also extended for one more year. Uh, that would provide continued support for uh, the food services, food manufacturing, as well as the retail sectors. 
but these sectors, I mean, even without government support, I think they are kind of uh, showing quite strong recovery in, in the past quarter. Uh, I think naturally as the economy reopens and I mean, tourists are returning uh, for, for Singapore. So that is actually helping uh, uh, these sectors to uh, gradually normalize to their pre-pandemic levels. Okay, I want to look at the revenue side of the equation when it comes to the budget. Uh, at the top of the, the that, I mean, what has caught my eye is actually the raising or the eventual rise in corporate tax to fifteen percent. Do you think this will take off the edge in terms of Singapore being a destination for FDI? Yeah, uh, I mean the corporate tax uh, increase. I think that has kind of been. Uh, already uh, indicated by the government that um, there is going to be uh, the top-up tax, given that the global minimum tax measures are kicking in. Uh, some of the uh, countries like the EU, uh, Japan, have been announced that they are going to implement it start- starting the end of this year. Uh, so, I mean, for Singapore's case, um, uh, there are several firms that are actually paying, uh, th- where the effective tax rate is actually below the corporate income tax rate of 17% in Singapore. Um I mean, even with this um, uh, corporate top-up tax, which will take uh, effect in 2025, I I don't think that it would actually uh, significantly affect Singapore's competitiveness in terms of uh, drawing in FDI. Uh, ultimately, Singapore does not really compete on costs, but uh, it is viewed as a regional hub for capital and talent. Uh, and I mean, I think uh, just an uh, support point to to show this is that even in this challenging environment, uh, Singapore did attract a record high uh, investment of $22.5 billion in 2022. Uh, and that was mainly driven by the electronics cluster. And also, um, I mean, Singapore will actually benefit when foreign investment flows to the ASEAN region of world as well, given that uh, Singapore is typically used as the uh, conduit to flows to this region. And do you think this budget does address some of Singapore's longer-term challenges, one of which is, of course, this large demographic demographic headwind of an aging population? Well, I don't. I would. I would not say that uh, the the generous measures that were announced, like the uh, uh, top up up to the to the grants for buying retail flats, uh, and uh, some of the increase in paternity leaves, uh, I don't think that they themselves would have a material impact on on the fertility rate because uh, the decline in fertility rate is really not just a cost issue. Uh, Singapore has been introducing several programs uh, and enhancements of these programs to boost the birth rate in the past, uh, but fertility rate has continued to fall. Uh, so one factor is really uh, because of the rising age at childbearing uh, because more women have been entering the workforce. And secondly, there is a true cost to human capital uh, because Studies have shown that there is a trade-off between uh, quantity and quality of children. And that, in terms of quality, uh, that refers to resources devoted per child. And this would not just be in terms of money, but also uh, time that parents spend with the child. Uh, but having said that, I think uh, the measures that were announced in this budget, uh, it would uh, be a good uh, incentive for parents who would otherwise not have had, had kids just because of the cost issue. Mm. Yep, so I think it is actually a good step for Singapore to introduce these measures. Um, I'd like to take a look at the big macroeconomic numbers. We did see that the the GDP grew at a slower pace of 2.1% in the fourth quarter of 2022, which was lower than advanced estimates of 2.2% growth. Um, And we did see 4% expansion in the third quarter. Were these in line with your expectations? And um, what does this mean for, I suppose, GDP growth in the coming year? 
Yeah, so uh, for QGDP, uh, I think it uh, was very close to the advance estimate, but the slight downgrade was really due to uh, some downward adjustments in construction as well as services. Uh, but manufacturing was really the dampening uh, factor for, for headline growth uh, because of the global chip downturn and, and electronics is a very uh, important cluster for, for Singapore. Uh, and that's probably going to continue underperforming in 2023 uh, because uh, of the weak electronic cycle. Um, but I, I think even when we look at the services sector side, there is a growing divergence. Uh, the external oriented services like wholesale trade, uh, water transport, uh, even finance and insurance are underperforming because of the weak, uh, weakening global economy. Uh, whereas some of the uh, consumer and domestic uh, tourism oriented sectors like accommodation, uh, FMB services, retail are actually pretty resilient uh, and they are doing quite well with the uh, comeback of tourists. Uh, so I think uh, we are keeping our GDP growth forecast uh, at 1.7% for 2023. Okay, G, what I noticed about this budget uh, was Lawrence Wong's statement where he says that other governments spend more during this pandemic, but they largely finance their additional spending by borrowing. Uh, in contrast, Singapore used its reserves. Do we have an indication on what's the level of reserves and how are they actually rebuilding this yeah, the level of reserves has always been a well-kept secret uh, for Singapore. Uh, but I mean, uh, yeah, Singapore did not have to borrow uh, during the pandemic, uh, as you mentioned, because it already has this uh, uh, reserves that they've always saved for a rainy day. I mean, they did uh, mention that the drawdown on reserves was actually smaller than expected. Uh, for, the for the past three fiscal years, it was at $40 billion, uh, less than the initial $52 billion estimate that the government originally uh, was planning but uh, I mean, in order to replenish these reserves uh, for the future generations, I think this is the key reason that some of the tax measures have been rolled out uh, in, in last year's budget and this year as well. I mean, the GST increase has really been, uh, the reason for the GST increase, despite an inflationary environment, is really to uh, ensure that there is enough uh, for the future generation. Uh, yeah, so I think... Uh, we will, and the government has kind of indicated that spending uh, in the medium and longer term is actually going to grow because of the aging population. So the cost of healthcare uh, will actually continue increasing. Yep, and and hence these tax measures were really necessary. Juyi, thanks very much for speaking with us. That was Lee Juyi, economist at Maybank Investment Bank, giving us the highlights from Singapore's 2023 budget. A lot of interesting um, initiatives launched there, I feel. Yeah, one interesting observation is it's Lawrence Wong giving the... Well, he is the finance minister. Yeah, but I wonder whether it's also because he's the heir apparent, right? The prime um, minister-in-waiting. Yes, uh, but clearly this is... He called it, Lawrence Wong called it Valentine's Day gift to Singaporeans. <laughs> okay, uh, But some very in interesting measures, one of which is a lot of initiatives for the senior citizens uh, who want to continue working. So the government is also going to extend employment credits, wage offsets to businesses that hire senior workers as well as part-time re-employment grants that nudge employers to offer such arrangements. Now, I think this is, is very much in line with the fact that they are an ageing population. And it's something that Malaysia should also consider as we head in that direction. But I'm always curious, how much reserves do they really have? It's a well-kept secret, as Juyi says. I mean, I guess, yeah, it's pretty interesting to see how they've managed to really practice the Sediakan Payung Sebelum Hujan prudence, right? All the way. <laughs> All right, it is coming up to 8 a.m. We are heading into the news bulletin. And after that, on The Breakfast Grill, Keith Kam speaks to chocolate maker Barry Kalibo, Managing Director Robert Kotushevsky on The Breakfast Grill, BFM 89.9. 
You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.